You're listening to the Bible Roots Podcast with Pastor Randy Frazee. If you're a church leader looking for creative ideas to help your church engage more deeply with the Bible, this podcast is for you. And now, for today's episode. Well, welcome everybody to episode 10 of the Bible Roots Podcast. I'm Randy Frazee, and I get to be the host of this wonderful new show. This is a podcast devoted to the topic of Bible engagement. Why? Because Bible engagement is the number one catalyst for spiritual growth with no close second. I'd encourage you to go back to episode one where we lay out this grand discovery. And if you're a pastor or responsible for spiritually leading people, whether through a small group or your family, or even one-on-one coaching or discipleship, this podcast is for you. Now today, my guest is my good friend, Mark Hall of Casting Crowns. He is the lead singer as well as an awesome songwriter. And I'm gonna allow you to go to Wikipedia or Google to Google him because if we talk about all the awards that they have received, it would take up the rest of the show for sure. Uh, Mark is also a youth pastor. And I think, and he'll clarify this, he's been a youth pastor for a very long time now. I'm gonna say maybe 30 years or so, maybe 25, something like that. He'll let us know. And you put these two things together, uh, Mark's love for Jesus and God's word, and these two things together, and you have a recipe for a rich conversation about the power of music and how effectively to engage our students today in the word of God beyond a book into a relationship with Jesus. Is anybody interested in what Mark has to say? I know that I am. So let's welcome Mark to the podcast. Mark, man, thank you for making the time and your busy schedule for this. Hey, Randy, man. Thanks so much. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. Now, I know you are out on a tour, the Healer Tour. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, we uh, the album just came out, what, uh, maybe a month ago. And uh, we've been on the road for a few weeks with uh, We Are Messengers and Jonathan Trailer. Been mainly, I guess we've been everywhere. We've been everywhere from, from Miami to Connecticut. So I don't know who, who lays these things out. Apparently, they don't <laughs> own a globe. But, uh, but we're all over the place. And, uh, but it's been great. It's been so good to, to be out there with people again, because it was a little different for a while in the touring world. Yeah, 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 it really was. Now we, we go back to the days when I first met you personally, uh, actually the very first time I met you, we were doing an event and, uh, we were kind of getting ready to, uh, sort of, uh, push out the story album. And I yeah. met you guys for the very first time. But we hung out together uh, during a thing called the Story Tour, which was three years in a row, 2012, 13, and 14. Uh, and we got to pull this thing together, a thing that I wrote called The Story. And then uh, Nicole Nordeman and Bernie Herms put music to it. And you guys uh, traveled with it. We're on the album. And uh, all put together by our good and late friend, Norm Miller, uh, who was the only one I think could have gotten you to do that for three years in a row <laughs> and take up your busy schedule for sure. But at intermission, uh, I think it was the last year, intermission, you and I shared the intermission with pastors. And uh, you were talking about your youth resources. And, and then in that, you got a better idea what the story was. And you decided to do the story. Uh, at the church that you serve in the Atlanta area. What really captured you about the story? Why did you decide that this was for you? It was big for me because the disconnect has always been there, especially for teenagers. Uh, When you read scripture, um, there are these high up in the air thoughts. 
And then, then there are these people that seem like they were, you know, thousands of years ago and had no problems like we have today in this totally different world. And it, the connection between the lower story, like this is what's going on on the earth. Yeah. And this is what God's doing and how he's using it was such a connector because we yeah. actually, after that first tour, we did the story curriculum in our church for our students. And we walked through the Bible and, and you could see how it all comes together. And that's what's missing for people is how do you bring it all together? There is an, there's a thread that goes through and Jesus is the thread. And, uh, and yeah. to me, man, that was, that was a big deal. Big, big deal. Yeah. And it's 31 weeks. So it's a pretty big commitment. I was super yeah. shocked when you said, Hey, we're going to do it, but it really helped me to see that even students are super interested in it. And the other thing I think you, I think you were saying is that one of the things you learn when you kind of read the old Testament and see the bigger story is that there was a bunch of messed up people in the Bible. You know? Yeah, I say that every, I say that every concert because, you know, we always have the husbands, the, the men that come to our concerts. I'm not going to say there aren't men crowns fans, but I'm going to say a lot of them are there because they love their wife. Right. So I'm always <laughs> thinking about those guys the entire time I'm talking, I'm always talking to them the entire night. And one of the things that I always really? make sure to say, yeah, I don't know what, what it is. It wasn't, I just noticed it about myself as I'm always finding the guys that look like this might be the first time I'm hearing this. And uh, every time I talk between the songs, I'm talking to that guy. And, uh, and one of the things I always try to say is, is I'm going to try to cut down the walls that might be between like, oh, that guy, he's got it all together. Well, I'm gonna let you know that's not true. And then, you know, the Bible <laughs> is, doesn't apply to me. I'm gonna let you know that's not true. And so one of the things I say every night is one of the coolest things about the Bible is that God filled it up with people way worse than us. And uh, just to show how awesome it was, that, that ought to give you hope about anything. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hey, uh, I, I remember when you launched the story, uh, you invited me, or I may have invited yeah. myself to come and help you guys launch it. And I got to stay in the lower level of your house, which is the house yeah. I think you're still in, yeah. based on Instagram. And I got where you do all your recording, which is kind of a cool little thing. And yeah. uh, you came to me and said, hey, Randy, I just got the uh, first cut of the Thrive album. And uh, it was a, you know, a DVD with a, uh, like a marker, like a, you know, yeah, you know with the marker that said thrive, handwritten on there. And you said, Hey, why don't you get in my muscle car with me? And, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll go driving and listen to it. I'm like, how cool is this man? So uh, we're driving in your muscle car and we're driving down the road and you, and you start to sing. I'm like, this is the first time I'm hearing the songs, but I'm kind of picking it up. And then I start singing along with you, you know, and I'm thinking, uh -huh. how cool is this? I'm singing with Mark Hall on his new album. And I thought for sure you're going to invite me to the band, uh, you know, for sure. But you never, you, you never did. Hey, but I want to ask you, what was your vision behind this album, Thrive? Uh, and why did you call it Thrive? Well, normally when I'm writing songs, I don't set out with a theme um, for the record. Usually I'm just writing songs and then I look back and I see the theme through the record. And the biggest mental picture uh, of the record was that story that I'd always tell the kids about the tree and how yeah. like those big oak, oak trees have just as many roots as they do limbs. And, uh, uh, and just yeah, of as strong as it looks on the surface and in the air, it's the roots that are actually keeping it there when the storms hit. And if you don't have roots in uh, what you believe and roots in knowing who God is, uh, when life hits you, it's going to knock you right over. So that was the mental picture we took to the world. So all the songs come from what I'm teaching, right? So 
they turn into songs yeah. and I'm like, this is a picture I think everybody needs to see. You know, I, I think, I think, um, and that's why, you know, of all the stuff you picked out for, for this particular podcast, you know, there was a real distinct discipleship component to this. So Mark, there's a lot of pastors that listen to this podcast and uh, who write sermons and talks. And I think people would be super interested in the process by which you write a song and then how you weave God's truths into the song. You know, I, I, it wasn't until years into crowns that people started asking me, what's your process? Cause I could tell you, I don't really have a process. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of your more, um, probably one of the more disorganized. Uh, I'm a light bulb thinker. Uh, every, every good idea I start with is never a plan. It's always, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, and I'm just out here. So, uh, so I, I think that um, for me, I've noticed the, the tension between my feelings and the truth. Feelings are mm. always louder than truth. They're always louder. Yeah. And that's usually what I hear first. This is what I feel. This is what I'm afraid of. This is the, the giant in my way. This is what's going on. So it seems like a lot of my songs start in the dark and then they have uh. to work their way to the light because of God's word, not work their way to the light. They have to be brought into the light. So yeah, really, it's 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 the journey we all have uh, that crisis of belief where this is what I'm dealing with. And, and we're, we live in an age where your feelings are valid, um, but that doesn't make your feelings true. You know, you, yeah. we, we've got to do that. So so what I'll start with is any song you can think of. I mean, literally all of us like East to West. OK, OK. Uh, or or voice of truth or just be held or praising the storm. It's like, here's what I'm feeling feels like you're about done with me. You know, it feels like, I feel like you're mad at me and you're going to, you're going to drop me east to west. Voice of truth is I'm dyslexic. I have ADD. I, I, I'm not good enough to do this. There's no way I can do this. Uh, praising the storm. I'm in a dark season. Um, I can't, this is too much for me. I thought you were going to be there. You didn't show up like I thought you were. These are my yeah. feelings. So if I want to, I can just live there and just be yeah. miserable. But what I've got to do mm. is not, mm. I'm not going to fool myself with one of those. It's going to be great one day thoughts, right? Yeah. What I've got to do is I've got to let God tell me the truth about my feelings. That's the connection. So mm. here's my feelings. What does God say? God, tell me the truth about this. So what mm. you hear in, in my songs is you hear, this is my problem. This is what truth is. Then it's like, okay, I know the truth, but I'm not walking in it yet. So here's this, this moment where we're, yeah, you, you can you can know that you can you can have a light and not be walking in it. And yeah. I've done that a lot. And you actually get excited about it. I know the answer now. Yay. I'm going to I'm going to, you know, tweet this and Instagram meme this. And I haven't <laughs> taken the first step in truth yet. So then becomes the process of all right, I've got to step into uh, with East to West is knowing that uh, Psalm 103. He's cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. He's not forgiving me. Because I'm good. He's forgiving me because he's good, right? So yeah. I gotta mm -hmm. I gotta step into that. So a lot of these songs start with feelings, then you gotta then you gotta walk in truth. Yeah, you know, I love that. Uh, and I think that actually might be a good uh formula, if you could call it that, for even preparing a sermon, you know. I think that we might mm -hmm. connect better if we sort of use that same process. Hey, let's talk about uh, two songs and thrive in terms of the background, because I remember you and I talking about this. Uh, the, uh, the first one is Waiting for the Night to Fall. 
you know, yeah. that because that's an, a very unusual song. Give, give us a little bit of the process and, 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 and how you brought in God's truth into that one. You know, the old term for that song would be a side B. Nobody knows what a side B is anymore. Uh, a deep cut in the record. But uh, um, I was walking through some dark waters with one of my guys, one of my college guys, and uh, he was dealing with some addictions. And we were just talking real about it. Yeah. And I just, it just came out. I just said, man, the way addiction works is it's very patient. It's very patient. You want to live for Jesus? Yeah. Go ahead. I'll be right here. And it just waits. Uh-huh. And I said, and I just, and it, the, the, I'm a, I'm a right brain thinker type. So when I think of a point I'm going to make, I don't know, I see it. Right. And I just said, it's like an old man uh-huh. just living in the back of your woods, just sitting on the porch and he's going, that's okay. You can throw me out here. I'll just be right here when you're tired again and I'll be ready. And, and yeah. so, so it's a, it's a sobering thought. And, and the, the, yeah. the hard part for a Christian writer is if we don't wrap it up in a bow at the end, we just don't love Jesus. So we've got to get all this picked by the end of the song or we're, you know, we're sold out of the world. So, uh, so sorry, that was probably should have stayed in my head, but um, so, but what I'm, what I'm talking about is the fact that, that, that you've got to let God tell you the truth about it. So you hear it in the bridge about how, how the, the, the sword that you could slay him with is just sitting dusty on the shelf. It, 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 yeah. All the answers are right there, but you're sitting over here and you're going to get tired sooner or later. You're going to have a bad day sooner or later. And that's what addiction's waiting for. And that it, it's really a, a warning kind of a song. And uh, it's my favorite song. One of my favorite songs I've ever written. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, it doesn't exactly have that. Yeah, I know. I know. Doesn't have that exactly positive, encouraging kind of feel to it. So you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, it's one of the reasons I I want to call it out because I know it's a little bit deeper in the album, and it's not that sort of feel good song like Scars in mm-hmm. Heaven, which I watched the, the video before we got onto this, and I was crying like a baby. God, yeah. that song is so amazing. But it it does it gives you that feel good. This is a sort of like a discipleship type song in your face that's got a lot of people down and i just thought you just did a beautiful job of teaching truth and creating these word pictures which is amazing and how how about broken together that's another one where there's i know there's a story behind that one as well i had uh two different friends real close friends that were going through major breakups in their marriage and i remember talking to one of the guys and at the time uh, he was living in the office he he had in his office at work because he, wow. he, he made his choices and he, he, he reaped the whirlwind. Right. And, uh, and it was all coming mm-hmm. down on him and, uh, and he was repentant and he got right with Jesus. But as often happens, you've made your peace because you've been walking through this for years, but your partner, this is a Mack truck. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I remember him saying to me, he said, Mark said, if we're, if we're going to get through this, we're going to have to let go the picture we have in our head of who we were when this started. Mm. We're, we're not those people anymore. You know, mm. we've got this picture of us when we walk down the aisle, he said, and we're not them. We can never mm. go back to that. now. So yeah. we've got to let God take us from here. And he said, we're just so broken. And, and that idea uh, of letting God take you where you are, is the very picture of what being saved is. He, yeah. he doesn't undo the mistakes you made. 
that that's yeah. the that's the, the struggle with with sin is I'm forgiven in heaven, but there's still scars here, right? Yeah. And those mm-hmm. are hard to work through. And it's it's even it's even harder in marriage because there's two people that are hurt, and they're both going yeah. through their highs and lows at different times, and it hits like waves. So it was just one of those moments of you know, this is where we are. How can God take us from here? Yeah, and it's a beautiful picture. I mean, uh, we can do sermons on marriage, but that beautiful picture of let's be broken together is I don't think it's even just for marriages where there's been a major sort of falling. I think it's true of four years, but we've had ups and downs and our journey yeah. together and we're not that pristine, you know, couple down the aisle. And the idea is like, hey, we could throw each other out and go be broken and start all over again. But, you know, why don't we do this beautiful thing of, of, of accepting our brokenness, which is a beautiful thing in our relationship with them. I want to talk about the power of music, uh, you know, to engage people in God's word. Uh, I wrote wrote down some things here. You know, modern research is proving this like never before. They're calling music the secret language of the heart. Uh, When we sing, it has the potential to release this sort of bonding hormone, which is known as oxytocin. Uh, which is referred to as the cuddle hormone, which is why, uh, you know, mom and dad might sing a lullaby to a baby at night uh, because there's something that releases that oxytocin within a baby. And not only are the parents cuddling the baby, but actually this, when they're singing, it actually releases this chemical in them that makes them feel as they're, as though they're being cuddled. So worship is really a very powerful in a physical sense uh, it, it's, it's this idea that when we sing and uh, it's like wrapping God's arms around us and we can actually do it, which is a benefit you have over preaching because preaching sometimes cannot really pull that off, but music can, mm-hmm. and it draws us God. And it made me think of the song, uh, just be held, you know, mm-hmm. and this, uh, it, and, and how, how, and, and I've just seen how crazy popular that song is. I think where people are connecting with it. Have, have you, have you, uh, do you agree with this that, that music as opposed to just preaching uh, or teaching has an additional advantage the way God designed it. Man, I tell you what, I don't know if I'm seeing this the same way, but that's a very sobering and terrifying thing to hear for a Christian songwriter, because what we're saying is music can give you a hug. And, And we've all been in moments where music has created this, moment no matter what the words are saying that's the scary thing I, I i was in a journey concert when the keyboard guy did this thing i was a senior in high school and i was like i think i just asked somebody into my heart that was just amazing i don't know what just happened you know because it's so <laughs> warm and it connects with you um if anything that should that should just poke a songwriter right in the middle of the head and say you better be careful what your teaching with your songs, because, because as you said, with sermons, there aren't a lot of guys, there aren't a lot of people walking around humming sermons. They're humming your songs and, and um, they're, they're putting together their theology from worship songs. And I don't want to go too far dark with you, but that just because somebody wrote a worship song doesn't mean it's all from the Bible. And, uh, and so, so there, there are a lot of songs out there that have and a lot of movements out there that have created people who worship worship and they worship that feeling they're getting in that room 
And, and to me, there's a difference between music and worship because worship is actually talking to a person, right? Worship is prayer. Prayer is a conversation. Conversation is with a person. So if you decide, I'm going to go two miles down the road to that church because the worship is better, that's a scary thing to say because you're saying, apparently you can't talk to God at this church. You can talk to him at that church. So, so you, you just, you're, you're in a whole big thing um, for me. Hi, this is Randy Frazee, host of the Bible Roots Podcast, which is brought to you by my friends at Harper Christian Resources. Harper Christian Resources equips you to understand the scriptures, cultivate spiritual growth, and disciple your people with Bible study resources from today's most trusted voices. I think the scriptural basis of worship music is in a very scary place because artistically, we're tired of the same old worship songs, right? Yeah. How many times have you said, okay, we know it's the same thing you say every song. It's like, it looks like there's a dice um, with phrases on it and they just roll them and it's okay, (laughs) there they are. It's the same thing we say every song. So, So out of one side of the mouth, the church says that, uh, so you've got writers that are like, okay, let me try to say it in a new way. And then they use some new word, you know, sloppy wet kiss came out the song. And everybody's <laughs> like, what are you saying? What is that? You know? And so the artistic guy's going, I was trying to say something new. So, so yeah, I get the fact that, that it's tough, you know, to, to say the same things in a new way. Um, but at the same time, when you start getting out of the realm of what is biblical, you know, we're creating people that think if they just love Jesus, all their problems are going to go away. And then, man, teachers are, are a little more strictly than yeah. others when we face God. So we got to be careful what we're teaching people to sing in these chemical releasing moments they're having. Yeah, see, I think that's really important for, uh, you know, a, a podcast on Bible engagement is that music's got this additional advantage. It's the music that, that releases the oxytocin, not the words themselves. And mm-hmm. if the melody is right, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the song Hallelujah uh, by Cohen. You know, we talked yeah. about how, you know, how the, you know, the fourth and the fifth and, and you get this back in the Old Testament when David was ability, ability to play the lyre in mm-hmm. such a way that it relieved Saul of his uh, of his depression and his anxiety so there was no there was no there was no lyrics to it so you've got this sort of hormone that's coming around the things i appreciate about you mark and you know of all the people i i could have interviewed for this podcast i know how 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 the truth is really important to you and 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 what a what an obligation you have what a responsibility you have to take this sort of cuddle hormone and make sure that the truth is dropped in the middle of it which i think is pretty pretty cool yeah, dude. I mean, the, the irony is the song that you mentioned, Hallelujah. Like, what that song is actually about is not quite about worship. So, uh-huh. might want to read into it. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like they're going, like they'll go into "Don't Stop Believing" in church. I'm like, that's a song about a one night stand. Do we get? Is anybody listening to any of these words? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, well, they've created a lot of additional verses to it. People have added onto it to make it feel a little bit more religious. Well, we're going to redeem it. We're going to redeem we're it. Gonna, we're going to redeem it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. it it's, it's a Samson and Delilah is basically the, the basic the gist of this song. And I'm like, when I, 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 was, I got so caught up in the melody of it. And a matter of fact, Ooh. I did a funeral for somebody uh, uh, about a year and a half ago. And, they, and uh, he wanted this song played at his funeral. I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> you know this, but the but, but the but the melody draws you in. Hey, let's shift so gears for just a good. little bit. Let's shift gears for a little bit on uh, youth pastor because you've been doing that for how many years now, Mark? Oh, I don't know, maybe twenty five or so. Yeah, you start getting I, old, I, you stop counting because you don't have to say that long. <laughs> oh, it's been a few. <laughs> but why do you so give us uh, uh, the reason why i mean you continue to be a youth pastor in the midst of really a super successful writing and touring career why do you you know why do you do that you could easily get a pass for saying hey you know god's blessed me to do this touring thing and uh, you're you know i remember norm miller saying and i think it's still true you got casting crowns has the largest audiences on the planet in Christian space. Uh, so you could easily go like, hey, because when I toured with you, you would work your schedule so you'll be back at your church on Sunday, which is just mind boggling to me. Why do you do both? There are, pro- there are pastors out there that need to be traveling and need to go and do that full time. It just it wasn't for me. I, I knew that for me, looking back, if I wasn't in the church, I wouldn't be writing songs because you could just sing the same old songs and it'd be great. But when you're in a church, you don't get up and preach that really cool sermon you <laughs> preached four weeks ago. You're like, no, they're no. like, yeah, that was really cute, but let's, let's keep moving. And uh, to me, it's the accountability of movement yeah. and growth and talking about real life. Don't, you can't be up in the clouds. I'm right down here I'm dealing with this. So I, I don't think every singer needs to be a pastor, but I think for me, it's, it's been, it's been together. It's, it's worked yeah. together really well. Yeah, you know, I think the same thing is true for me. You just had a light bulb go on because, you know, I write and I could, you know, give up being a pastor on a daily basis. And and every now and again, I wake up on a Monday and go like, man, I got to start over at zero again. And they've already heard all my sermons. Yeah. I've got to come up with something fresh. But I do believe that that constant sense of bringing something fresh to a local body has also stimulated my ongoing writing because yeah. I'm just forced to be in that space of ministering to some local people. Hey, let me ask you about students. Um, wh- what have you seen change in students? I mean, you've had the benefit of walking with students 25 years ago and today. Uh, what has changed uh, with students? Like what's your biggest encouragement? What's your biggest discouragement you're seeing going on? For students, I, I don't think anything has changed in their hearts. I think we have the same need. They have the same needs we had when we were teenagers. Uh, what has changed is the absolute swarm of information coming at them uh the things that that are validating the wrong things you know that there there are more voices in a kid's head than were ever in my head when i was a kid so you know to see anything you weren't supposed to see or or touch anything you weren't supposed to touch or experience i mean you had to go to one friend's house whose parents were clueless to see something you know what i'm saying it was just (laughs) so so now the entire world is in your pocket yeah. And the parents, uh, parents, technology is too fast for parents to keep up with. What are they seeing? What is what is happening? So, so that that's the scary thing, is that there's so much coming at a kid. Um, right now, I think the the discouraging part is the fact that they're a little more jaded, a little more skeptical than ever before, mm. really? because the church. Mm. Well, I think people in general are. I mean, when the shutdown happened, everybody lost their minds. Everybody went home, locked themselves in the house, got on their phones, their algorithms figured out, okay, this is what you like. Let me give you 50 other reasons why you're right. And Uh now 
since you don't have to look people in the face to talk to them and you can just stand back here on your phone and hurl your talks. <laughs> it's going to be great. So everybody lost their mind. We're beating and, you know, mic dropping our, our memes and our posts. And, and what we did is we, we put just hurdle upon hurdle upon hurdle upon hurdle between people and Jesus. So, so now people don't necessarily have a problem with Jesus. It's the Jesus people, you know, uh, uh, the, the, yeah. church look, the church looks angrier than it's ever looked because of the mm -hmm. stuff we post, you know, and, yeah. and, and uh, we just, we're hurling rocks. And so that um, has created a, I don't think you guys are all this love that you're talking about because you're not saying right. anything. I haven't heard love out of the church and I don't know how long. So I think that, that makes people a little more skeptical. Yeah, I think you're right. And students are picking that up, I think a little bit uh, faster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the down, yeah, and the downside is um, uh, for us, there's a couple things I think of is one is, you know, whenever someone, a Christian posts something, we're, we're, we're all brought into that reputation. So, mm -hmm. you know, hey, you know, and so we have to super, yeah. be super careful when, as a believer, when you claim to be a believer, when you post something, you're posting it for all of us, whether you like it or not. And, yeah. and, and, and number two, I think uh, uh, for students, they have all this information coming at them it, it, and you have them sometimes maybe once a week and trying to overcome, you know, the, counteract, you know, the volume by which they're, they're it's mm -hmm. coming at them is just, it seems like a losing battle at times, doesn't it, Mark? It, it, it seems like it because um, a, a life that's living in the flesh, uh, when they're confronted with the truth, they've got to figure out a way to discount you, right? So if yep. I can tell myself, yeah, you don't know me, uh, you don't know my name, uh, you didn't grow up like I did, like, you know, we need, we need reasons to go, you can't tell me that, you haven't earned that, right? So what, yeah. what, is gonna, what is gonna make the difference is people loving and earning the right through loving people to tell them the truth. So, so for me, you gotta earn that. Like, it, you're not gonna, just gonna walk up to me and give me advice. I'm like, I don't know yeah. you, dude. You know, but once you know me, you love me, you can talk to me. So I, I right. think that's going to make a difference. I think the thinning out that's happened in church. Yeah. Um, you know, on the surface looks bad. Yeah. But I think what it has done is it it's just thin the herd a little bit to where if you're here, you really want to be here. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah. If all yeah. it took, if all it took was a year to get you out of the groove i don't know what the groove was yeah yeah right so so I, I think i'm not saying if you're not coming back to church you're awful but i'm saying it's hard to walk away from the person of jesus it's easy to walk away from a building yeah so yeah so i, I think with the people that are here i think there's a focusing that's happening i think i think people are realizing you know it's never really cost you anything to be saved in america yeah. Yeah. And now, and now it's starting to whew, starting to stand out a little bit more now, you know, so I think that's going to be a good thing. Yeah. I've experienced the same thing. Uh, uh, you know, the thinning out uh, and as the people came back, uh, there's just like a separating the wheat from the chaff, if you will, a little mm -hmm. bit. And the people that are super serious, they're leaning in, uh, they're ready to take the next steps. And it just seems like a better foundation. And you see it in the pattern of Jesus, you know, whenever the crowds got too big, you know, he gave a sort of a challenging message, like you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Okay, yeah. that took care of that took care of a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, hey, Jesus, I just want 
to heal me and make me feel good, you know, feed yeah. me a McDonald's Big Mac, you know, uh, but I don't need any of this, eat my, you know. And so <laughs> I think that's happened to us for sure. Hey, are you still offering, um, are you still offering the resources to pastors? Is that something you're still doing, Mark? I am. Thrive Ministry Resources, um, where uh, it, it's just the, the things that I teach, the series that I come up with here, or weekend retreats that we do, or camps, uh, we, we put them all up on the site. Yeah. Then we can just like put it up at the bottom down there. But um, that's where we uh, give our stuff to, to youth pastors. Yeah, I so appreciate you doing that. What's the, what's the URL for that, Mark? Yeah, I'm going to have to cut for a moment because I, on the top of my head, cannot remember what it is. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll just, we'll just put it in the show notes. Yeah, they'll put it in the show notes. That, you know, so you have to go to the show notes to get access. It's to one of those things that's like Thrive Ministry Resources or Thrive Resource Ministry. The whole dyslexic yeah. thing is killing me right now. Yeah, so, yeah. But, they, you know, people can just Google you yeah. know, that. Hey, this is a great segue. And this is kind of what I wanted to wrap up with is because you're very open, particularly in your book, Life Stories. You're mm-hmm. very open about your ADD and dyslexia. So you just mm-hmm. had maybe a little bit of experience with that. I know yeah. when we were on the story tour, my son, who is in commercial real estate right now, had a little bit of time off from from his schooling and he he ran your slides for you and you told him you know dude you got to get those slides up man and they got to yeah. be in the same place and <laughs> my son my son's like i'm a commercial real estate finance major ah! you know he was so freaked <laughs> out uh, but it, i want you to talk about that and and how uh you have found a way to engage god's word in the midst of dealing with this dyslexia add because there's a lot of people who uh struggle with uh, sort of these learning challenges yeah. and how have you, how have you uh, overcome it? I think the first way was realizing that you could actually say it out loud. Like I, when I, when I was a kid, nobody meant to communicate this, but you just kind of got the feeling that everybody has everything together. Like everybody is just, that was back in the day where you dressed your best, you sat still and you just, everybody was perfect. And I just thought, man, mm-hmm. I'm the only train wreck here so, uh, so I learned to hide <laughs> and I didn't want anybody to know, you know, wow. so I, I would make sure I didn't have my Bible. I'd lose it, you know, so they wouldn't make me read out loud. I just, I did, you know, I just hid with everybody else. And as a young youth pastor, we went to a youth conference and Dave Edwards was the speaker. He still speaks. He just spoke at camp huh. for me about a couple of years ago and he's telling the story. And in the middle of it, he goes, Oh, by the way, I had a lot of dyslexia as a kid. And I was like, <sighs> In my young mind, I'm like, you can't say that to all these people. I'm like, nobody's <laughs> going to listen to you now. They're all going to know you're not smart. I mean, that's how I saw it. I was uh-huh. like, how can you just do this? And and here he was encouraging people through his weakness. And I was still very young in reading scripture because the Bible freaked me out. I didn't know how to find stuff. And here I was a youth pastor. So um, I was just starting Bible college. I had like eight kids at this little church, you know, and then I see second Corinthians 12. And that's where uh-huh. Paul's talking about this thorn in the flesh that he yeah. had. He never says what it was. Yeah. Um, he just said it was something that held me back so much. It caused me to pray over and over and over. God, please take this away. And that's the first time I ever read with my eyes in scripture, somebody saying, God, will you heal me from this? And he says, no, I love you, but we're going to walk through this together. And I thought, 
nobody is saying this. Everybody <laughs> else is saying, just saying Jesus' name like a magic word at the end of something. And everything, poof. And I'm like, I want to go punch every one of those guys right in the head. And uh, so I'm reading this. I'm like, you know, people were saying you didn't have enough faith. And I was like, this is Paul. Who has more faith than Paul? And, uh, so, so walking, I, I just had like all these mental, like all these little constructs that I'd come up with about God were breaking down by scripture. That's the thing about scripture. It'll mess up all your beliefs, right? So, yeah. so I had to start realizing, um, man, okay. So then God knew, knew I had dyslexia. This isn't a surprise. So that, that means he apparently isn't that freaked out by this. Yeah. And that's what, that's when I first started realizing God doesn't need us that, that, and, and I've said that for years, but it's still amazing that we, that I didn't know that one time. Like God, God doesn't need us. God wants us. Right. Uh, Cause good, not going, yeah. I need that kid on my team cause he's tall and yeah. I need her on my team cause she sings good. God doesn't think that way. God thinks that guy's got nothing going for him. I'm going to do something in him. I'm going to tell my story through that guy because he doesn't have it all together. He's not confident in himself and he's going to have to rely on me the whole time. Those are the kind of people I can speak through. Right. The disciples, no coach in America would have picked that team, bro. None, <laughs> right. They had nothing to offer, nothing to offer. You know, they're, they're walking in with their life advice. When you pull the net, you got to use your, your legs see you know that, that's, that's what they've got to offer no you were, i'd love for you to uh, re-enter back into that again because you were talking about the disciple where, you know their, yeah. their whole deal was like when you pull up a yeah. net you got to use your legs kind of thing so you know. yeah i don't know where that came from i just yeah so just jump back in yeah jump back in there that's well, <laughs> one of the one of the things i try to remind people is that the disciples were not rock stars there wasn't a theologian in the bunch i mean they had no coach in america would have picked that team right like on their best day, you're going to tell the world when, when you're pulling in the nets, you got to lift with your legs, see, and then watch out because if that corner goes, <laughs> the fish are all going to pour out, right? So, so that's their advice to the world. And, and God says, that's the one, those are the guys who are going to start the church. Huh. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, so yeah. all I could see for that first several years was that. I had the wrong idea. I had the wrong idea about who God loves and why he loves. I had the wrong idea of who he uses and who got to, because I was still picking rock stars in my own church. Like, man, if God ever did anything big in our city, that guy, Doug, he's awesome, man. He's, everybody listens to him. You know, I had all these people picked out and I was in my head. I was the kid in the back that I love God and I believe all these promises about him use just i believe it for other people like i yeah. think that would be the guy he'll use and that'll be the girl i just never saw it for me until i actually started reading scripture myself you know and that's that's what changed everything yeah that's fantastic mark because i think you know when a person you know read the god and dependency upon him but when we win which we will because it's his will then uh, everyone will say, uh, now this is, this is pointing everybody to God's glory, which is a really wonderful formula. I think what happens in the celebrity side of things, when everyone says, man, that guy looks, Doug, he looks like he should be a winner. He could do this with or without Jesus kind of thing. I think really something's placed uh, in, in the church. And so you started 
uh, entering into God's word with that sort of perspective and it oh. sort of opened it everything up for you. So do you do this? Do you just, you just open the word and start reading it? Is that kind of your deal or do you journal or what do you do? Oh, when I do now? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I try to, I try to go a book at a time so I don't get okay. off in the races. Pretty soon I'll start thinking I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. It means I can win a football game. Mm-hmm. A little out of, <laughs> getting a little out of, yeah. So I think it's always good to, to just go to the book of the Bible that you're going to read, find out who was, who was writing, who's he talking to, what was going on during that time. You know, knowing that stuff yeah. will change everything. You know, like a good study Bible that'll just tell you, like, here's what was happening. Here's when it happened. You know, that helps a ton. Then you start reading verse by verse and realize, hey, that really cool that really cool idea that that God, uh, uh, I can do all things to Christ, um, is not about my football game. This is actually a totally different yeah. situation, you know, and it, it helps a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I'm a big NIV study Bible guy. And uh, just reading the introductory stuff, the notes and all of that, just take your time. And it'll lead you to different places and links. And sometimes when you're teaching, you're writing a song, people are like, how did you find that? I'm like, it's just right there. Uh, if you just take mm-hmm. your time and you'll, and on all these bells, I did a sermon this last Sunday on, uh, I'm uh, Jesus statement. I'm the light of the world. And I just started like going to every place where the scripture talked about light and, uh, and it got into the scientific thing with time dilation of what we've learned today. And it was just like blowing everybody's mind, mine included about the extent of what Jesus, when Jesus says he's the light of the world. So yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. Hey man. Hey Mark, thanks for your time. Where can people find you on social? I follow you on every everything on social media. So uh, uh, where do they find you? Uh, I'm on, I think the thing I'm on most is Instagram. I think my mind only holds on to one thing. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I just got the login to the casting crowns Instagram. So watch out. But um, so uh, casting crowns official. <laughs> Mine is uh, Mark Hall CC. And that's where I just put my own stuff. So I, I post, um, we have a YouTube ch- yeah. channel uh, and on the YouTube channel. I put a lot of, uh, Devo thoughts, just thoughts on scripture. Yeah. Um, you can find us there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I love following you, Mark. You're one of the funniest guys I know. And I think being a youth pastor has really helped you. And uh, <laughs> I wish we had more time to talk about all your sort of uh, Marvel, Marvel memorabilia and some, um, <laughs> you know, maybe we can, uh, at closing, we could, uh, you can pick up your computer and walk around a little bit, but I, uh, uh, and then it caused people to watch the watch the video of this. Uh, and then you're also uh, right after the story tour. You're the first one who introduced me to the Helium Light app. You remember that? You you and your son were singing some sort of song, and you did it in the Helium deal. And uh, I have used that a That's million right. times. Helium. You're, you're the first one. I'm like, what is this, man? And I text you like, what, dude? What is this that thing? Is so like, funny. Yeah, I just uh, I have introduced it to pastors all yeah, around. Yeah, I was the I was I'm definitely pretty cutting edge. <laughs> Pretty good. Well, I would encourage people to follow you on Instagram just to to, to release a little bit of a, a of a, a dopamine and uh, endorphins uh, to get their laughter through the day, so they can make it through the day, and uh, and also check out uh, the resources that you provide, the devos to learn, you know, how you engage God's word, and certainly to continue to listen to your music, maybe in a fresh way now, uh, as uh, as as people pick up why in the world does. Does this uh, this Mark's music and Cassie Crown's music? Why does it move us the way it does? And I think we covered a little bit of that today. So, man, thanks for uh, join and man, thanks for taking the time uh, to to be a part of this. I, I really do appreciate it, Mark. You are the only guy that I wanted uh, to really talk about this subject with. You're the guy. Man, I appreciate that, bro. Appreciate your friendship over the years. 
and uh, speaking it into my family uh, through yeah. the stuff that you make. So let's go on. Let's go on tour. Family. Yeah, I love you too, man. We'll go on tour together one day. <laughs> we need to do that. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. God bless my friend. Yeah, I do. Thanks for listening to the Bible Roots Podcast. We hope you were encouraged and energized by our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave a review. This small gesture will help more church leaders discover our conversations around Bible engagement. And don't forget, like and subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss a new episode. Now, may your faith be strengthened through God's word today and every day.